in 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera. I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable from my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. Of marriage, it's never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for. I'm gonna be a leader, I'ma lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer. We can do anything we want. If I said it, then I meant it. I probably already did it. Consider it done. Consider it done. If you need some inspiration, you should play this championship leadership podcast. Hey, Bailey. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Championship Leadership Podcast. Uh, excited we have Henry Das with us here today out of New Jersey. Uh, appreciate you being here, Henry. Thank you. My pleasure. Yeah. The, the name of the podcast, of course, Championship Leadership. So I always love to kick our conversation off with this. What, what does that mean to you when you hear Championship Leadership? Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, it brings up a whole bunch of things. Uh, one of the great sort of meta questions is, are leaders born or are they made? Yeah. I don't have an answer to that. Uh, <laughs> uh, my particular opinion is that in order to be, to be a leader, you only need one thing. Followers. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Right. Uh, and people will follow brilliant, wonderful, um, legendary types. Yeah. And they'll follow idiots too. Yeah. So, um, it's a mixed bag. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt. What, um, well, tell us a little bit more about who you are and kind of the path that you've been on in life and, and how that's kind of got you to where you are today and what you're up to today. Sure. I'll give you like the brief history of time. So uh, I am a 30-year serial entrepreneur. I started my first business back in 1991. I started it as a side hustle. Uh, I, had a, I had a day job, a cubicle world job as a programmer for the New York Stock Exchange. And I said, yeah, uh, let's be an entrepreneur, which I, I kind of o- always knew. I grew up with a family of professional business people, doctors, lawyers, uh, you know, sort of in my DNA. Yeah. Um, ran a whole bunch of different businesses, some good, some bad, some, you know, one ignominious failure, as I like to describe it. <laughs> um, and then a few years ago, I decided to, to take my talents, uh, kind of create a, a, uh, a second act as it, as it is once I turned 50 and said, okay, what do I want to be when I grow up? Uh, let's be a coach. Let's take all the, um, all of what I've learned and, uh, help other people. Mm-hmm. So, um, I took a year's worth of coach training and then I created this, um, this concept, I call it coach approach, strategic advisor, sort of a half coach, half advisor, hung up a shingle, put up a website, said, I'm open for business, right? Just like I did with pretty much all my other businesses. Yeah. Um, yeah. How's, uh, and so how's that transition been? That's a, 
to the coaching world and to working with business owners, entrepreneurs, companies? Well, it actually was, was, was pretty easy because coaches are, are naturally leaders. I mean, mm-hmm. most people have a vision of a coach on the sideline, whether it be in a sporting event. When yeah. you say the word coach to people, they think sports, right? right. So what does the guy do, right? In the, in, the, in the movies, he's, you know, yelling at his, you know, trying to motivate his players. Yeah. But, um, but really, I think they're first and foremost teachers, right? First, you have to gain people's trust, and then they'll open up and allow you in. And then you, you can teach them. Motivation is certainly part of it. Holding them accountable is huge because it's very, very tough for entrepreneurs to hold themselves accountable. It's hard for anybody to hold themselves accountable. Let's just call it what it is. Yeah. Um, but it's especially different, uh, difficult for entrepreneurs because many of them are iconoclasts. You know, they, they're going their own way. They've decided, you know what, I don't, I don't want to work for anybody else. I want to, I want to do it. I want to do it my way. And like the Paul Anka song, um, but they may be uniquely unprepared for doing it because it's tough. So they yeah. need a little help. Yeah. Which comes in really handy. Yeah. So what was it for you? Uh, you know, what, what made you at that time in your life be like, Hey, I want to, I want to go help and impact other people. I want to help lead others and, and help them to get to where they want to go. Where, where does that come from? I think that was innate. Um, I think I, it was just always part of me. Uh, mm-hmm. I coach, I've got three boys. They're 19, 23, 28, but I coached like 40 sports teams. Yeah. Uh, football, basketball, baseball, hockey, even lacrosse. I never yeah. really played lacrosse, yeah. but my, uh, my youngest son was way too ADD for baseball. I said, what about <laughs> lacrosse? He goes, yeah. Can I hit people? Uh, sure. Well, you yeah. know, within reason. Right. So I just learned myself up on, on lacrosse. I had the basic coaching skills. What I had to learn is, is all the, the you know, the crazy stuff. And, yeah. and of all the sports that I, that I coach, those are like really the most zealous, you know, yeah. uh, it's pretty cool. It's very rah, rah. Yeah. Um, took me a little while. It took me a year yeah. or two before I finally felt, you know, comfortable. Cause yeah. I was kind of a baseball guy in the spring. Sure. But yeah. it's fun. Well, it really well, is fun. That's great. We'll talk a little bit more about that. What's a, you know, I know you, I know you are a baseball guy, um, but also just like, who are some other championship leaders that have impacted you in your life, either directly or indirectly. And, and more importantly, usually, usually than who they are is just like, what is it about them? What's the characteristics that those leadership characteristics really have stood out to you um, about these folks that have really impacted you. And also maybe is something that you've taken, uh, to help mold who you are as a leader? That's a great question. Uh, so I'll use a relatively recent example. So I'm a New York Giants football Giants fan. I am a season ticket holder, although uh, they're not going to have any fans in the stands this year, um, yeah. which we discovered. So we're, Did we're they excited. announce that? Well, what happened was um, I got an email from them a couple of weeks ago saying, if you'd like to opt out of your tickets, uh, you can. Just click, okay. click here, do this, do that. Yeah. So, so I have two PSLs, one I share with my sister and I called her up and she said, yeah, we, we, we'd be fine to sort of sit this one out. So I said, fine, let's just sit it out. And then last week, uh, the governor here in New Jersey said, we're not going to sanction live events. So the Jets and the Giants, uh, if you're going to play your season, that's great, but we're not going to have any fans. Oh, wow. So 
It's okay. I think it's a little weird. You know, baseball started without fans now. It's and, very weird. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. So yeah. Tom Coughlin was a coach uh, for the Giants, brought us, you know, two Super Bowl wins, yeah. just like Bill Parcells before him. But what I find interesting about Tom Coughlin is when he first started, those first couple years with the Giants were, were kind of rough. I mean, yeah, he's, I remember a, that. he's a taskmaster. I mean, he's, yeah. a, he's one of those guys, right? My way or the highway. Well, Bill Parcells was kind of that way too, right? Bill, Bill was. But Bill, Bill was more injected a lot more humor into it, so he, he knew how to take the edge off of it. Uh-huh. But Tom Coughlin really didn't. He was kind of yeah. humorless. And yeah. he did something smart right before they won that Super Bowl. He convened the leaders of his team. And he said, uh, let's create a leadership council of, uh, of um, the players that, that the rest of the team looks up to. Let's work together. Let's figure out how I can pivot as the leader of this team. Because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm losing my flock, right? Yeah. And, uh, and the results were a Super Bowl championship. Yeah. And the, uh, the players really admired the fact that he could admit that, hey, what I'm doing is not working here. It's just not playing with these guys. Uh, I'm an old school boomer, and I got to change that. That can be very humbling for leaders to recognize that they got to pivot. Yeah. Especially after you've been doing it for so long, right? And uh, you know, yeah, you got a lot of lot of lot of muscle memory. You've got a lot of positive feedback. Hey, this has been working, right? Right. So why I'm not gonna I'm not gonna break something that doesn't need fixing. Yeah. But the thing is, the world is constantly changing. So a technique that worked a few years ago, it simply lost its effectiveness. Right. Not from anything that you did. It said the world pivoted around you and you didn't adapt. Yeah. Which is, I I would say, is one of the key attributes of successful leaders is their ability to adapt to the circumstances. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love that example. Anyone else that comes to mind for you that that is? uh, Um, My first business, I, I love Steve Jobs. Yeah. Even though uh, if you read him, the more you read about him, the less you're going to like the guy. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> so you're better off not cracking the book jacket of some of his biographies. <laughs> but my first business was as an Apple reseller. I, I, I love Wozniak because he appeals to the sort of geek in me. Mm-hmm. And I'm an electrical engineer. And so I've got this, this um, left brain side that's very structured and very oriented and it comes in very handy in the coaching business. But then I have this right brain. I'm a screenwriter and I, I do lots of different right brainy type stuff. And, and jobs was, was more that type yeah. where it was um, a little bit less about getting down into the weeds and more about figuring out how he was going to make people feel. I was, I was working with my wife this weekend who has a picture framing business. So I'm her designated go-to in free installer as it turns out. So we had to hang, and I've, hang, I've hung um, hundreds, if not thousands of, of photos over the years. Just something that I do. I'm handy that way. Yeah. And there was a quote, and we were hanging this wall of inspirational quotes for this woman at her house out in Western New Jersey. Uh, right over her desk, she wanted, and one of them was from Maya Angelou, and it said something like, uh, people will, will forget what you said 
and they will forget what you do, but they won't forget how you made them feel. Yeah. Right. Right. And that was really, uh, really profound that I took notice of it. And it's like, yeah, that's right. You want to hang yeah. out with people who make you feel good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. I love it. Um, what is, what is the vision? You know, we talked about, uh, Tom Coughlin as a great coach and being able to pivot and shift. Um, but I also always talk a lot about Nick Saban and, and Bill Belichick as, as those guys sure. that have had, that have incredible vision, of course, but the courage to take action on it. Oftentimes, obviously they're seeing things that the other 31 coaches in the NFL, the best in the world at what they do, aren't able to see because they're continually able to stay at the top year after year. Right. What's uh, what's the vision, the impact for you that you want to make in the near future, five, 10 years from now with what you're doing in the coaching world? Well, my, my, my uh, Jim Collins BHAG, you know, my big, hairy, yeah. audacious goal is really to become, uh, you know, a go-to person, a thought leader within this space, whether it be business coaching or the personal finance coaching that I do uh, with the, around the book that, uh, that I wrote. I want to change people's lives for the positive. Mm -hmm. I really do. I'm the son of a school teacher. So the idea is that if you can... If you can um, influence people in a positive way, impart your knowledge, give them confidence. What's better than that? I mean, it's a, it's, it's. A, I think of it really as a calling, right? Uh, as opposed to, uh, you know, an avocation or an occupation. Yeah, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. What's um, what's it, like what I would call a critical moment or a turning point in your life where obviously you made the decision that you have because it has you where you are today, but had you not, you know, kind of that fork in the road. I think a lot of people, we, we have many of these moments, some of them uh, more significant than others. And oftentimes we have a few that, that come to mind quickly um, where had you decided or chose different in that moment, you, you could very easily be somewhere else. Uh, I think it's powerful for business owners, entrepreneurs that are listening that are probably in that moment right now. And they kind of, they know the way they want to go or that they feel like that tug, but, but yet they have a hard time making that decision. Is there a moment that sticks out for you? Well, I, I think it's important for people to understand the difference between running towards something and running away from something. Mm -hmm. So number one thing is you got to question your motives because yeah. especially now when you look at how difficult things have been with the COVID crisis, um, I opened my coaching practice up, up uh, for free for April, May, and June uh, to all comers. Put it on my website, schedule a session, no cost, come talk to me. So I had 87 conversations with over 50 people, you know, some multiple times. I said, you know, yeah. schedule another call. You know, there's, a, there's this parable by Spencer Johnson, Who Moved My Cheese. It's a nice little, nice little book. Yeah, it is. Um, and a lot of people had their cheddar uh, not only move, but completely destroyed. Yeah. So the question is, how are you going to respond to this as opposed to react to it? Because reaction is, is knee-jerk, oh my God, the sky is falling. How do we take a breath, step back, and make a plan? Right, I have a t-shirt that says hope is not a plan. You know, we can hope for the best, but we really need to make a plan to engineer our own outcomes. It's not etched in concrete, but you do have to have some sort of a framework. So uh, the most important thing, and where I started every conversation is, 
how are you doing? How's your nuclear family doing? And, and universally, people said they were good. If this was a protracted event, the COVID, uh, they, it wouldn't necessarily be great, but it wouldn't be the end of the world. Yeah. So that's, that's core. That's baseline stuff. Um, and the other part I emphasized is, look, this, this will pass eventually. But while you're in the hurricane, right, you need to have a cool head. I'm a trader. I trade the markets. I've been trading for, for 40 years since I was in high school. And what I tell people is, uh, if your trading is exciting, you're doing something wrong, Yeah. right? You wanna slow the game down, make you know, little mini micro moves and course adjustments. You don't wanna make radical moves when you're emotionally charged, and this is an emotionally charged time. So a lot of my coaching had to be around just sort of talking people off the ledge, yeah. you know, calming them down. Right. Um, and that's tough because people who yeah. are agitated don't want to be told to be calm. Yeah, absolutely. Right. right. So. Yeah, no, that's great. And uh, I love the, yeah, you get to question your motives, right? Oftentimes. And uh, you got to, so- you know, look, yes, the, the concept of are you running away from something or are you running towards something or are you just kind of, you know, trying to fool yourself, right? It's, it's easy to throw in the towel on a business. I know I've done it in the past, but there has to be, in my opinion, again, some substantive data to back up the decision, right? Yeah. We live in a data-driven world. If you're a business person, you're going to run your business predominantly from data. Uh, The difference between whether you're successful or not usually doesn't come down to data. It comes down to your innate ability as a leader and as a business person the kind of stuff that's tough to teach mm-hmm. that that's really tough to teach to some degree. It's almost like, you know, you either you got it or you don't got it. Yeah. Right? We're back to the beginning of the conversation, which is, are they made or are they born or is it a combination of both? Right. Yeah. Um, what would be, you know, if there were one or two things you could leave with the listeners here, as we wrap this up, like if they were to implement today, take action and, and apply it to their life, it would help to move their life forward today. What would those be? I think to some degree, you've got to sort of separate things into different, into different buckets, right? So the first one is the core stuff, the sort of non-negotiable bits of their life, whether it be their personal life or their business life. This stuff is not subject to negotiation. We all have a few of those, mm-hmm. right? And then you yeah. work your way out, outward, sort of like a bullseye. Okay, what's the next level stuff? What's the stuff that, yeah, I, I kind of would like it, but if it went away, it wouldn't necessarily be the end of the world. Might be a hindrance, but I could work around it. And then the outer layer of that is all that fluff and all that garbage that you're wasting time on. Yeah. And I guarantee you for a lot of people, there's a lot of stuff out on the edges there. Right. Uh, things that they're focusing on in their business that are just not important. Those aren't the growth levers you need to be to be operating. Right. Turn yeah. down the noise. You know, stop listening to so many voices because they become they become noise. They can be contradictory. Remember yeah. why you went into business in the first place. Yeah. 
Yeah, huge. I appreciate that. Thank you. Sure. But, um, what are a few ways that the listeners can find out more about you and, and the programs that you have and what you're up to um, online? Oh, I got all sorts of stuff. So you can go awesome. to um, henrydas.com, H-E-N-R-Y-D-A-A-S.com. That's like my, my little vanity site that has links to my business coaching, my financial coaching, uh, these new mastermind groups that I'm doing. I'm, I'm working on a program called 100 Masterminds. Uh, where we're trying to do uh, really post-COVID specific uh, group coaching. Okay. A little different. My coaching's done one-on-one. So if you go to my DASFQ, uh, I'm sorry, D-A-A-S Knowledge website, which is my main one-on-one business coaching, uh-huh. uh, that's, my, that's really my bread and butter. It's my wheelhouse. I like okay. working one-on-one with people. Uh, I only take on as many as 12 clients at a time because... I'm pretty much an all-in coach. Yeah. Uh, I had that Jerry Maguire moment years ago that says, uh, I want a small, highly focused, you know, group of people that are preferably million dollar plus businesses, although I I can and will work with people, you know, below that level if they can afford to pay for me. Right. Simple as that. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that. And we will definitely get all that linked up for you and for the listeners so that they can find out more about you. And I just appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. It's been great to connect. Oh, it was awesome. Thank you so much. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera, I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable. From my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. Years of marriage, it's never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for. I'm gonna be a leader, I'm gonna lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer. We can do anything we want. <laughs> I said it, then I meant it, I probably already did it. Consider it done. Consider it done. If you need some inspiration, you should play this. Championship Leadership Podcast. Hey, Bailey. Baby.